Section 115 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Mysteries of London, Volume 2, by George W. M. Reynolds. Section 115. The Obstinate Patient it was about a week after the exposure which had taken place in stratton street that the following events occurred at the splendid mansion of the marquis of holmesford although the timepiece upon the mantel of this nobleman's bedroom had only just proclaimed the hour of three in the afternoon yet the curtains were drawn close over the windows and the chamber was rendered as dark as possible in that apartment too there was a profound silence broken only by the low but irregular breathing of someone who slept in the bed by the side of the couch sat two elderly men dressed in black and who maintained a strict taciturnity doubtless for fear of awakening the sleeper on a small table between them were various bottles containing medicines the bed stood upon a sort of dais or raised portion of the floor this platform being attained by two steps high over the couch was a canopy of velvet and gold surmounted by the coronet of a marquis and from whence the rich satin curtains of dark purple flowed over that voluptuous bed the room itself was furnished in the most luxurious manner the rosewood tables were inlaid with mother-of-pearl the chairs were of antique form with high backs carved in the most exquisite manner the mirrors were large the pictures numerous and all set in magnificent frames and the toilet table was of the most elegant and costly description and yet he for whom all this gorgeousness and splendour had been devised he whose wealth had converted the entire mansion into a palace that would have even delighted the proudest sultan that ever sat on an oriental throne this man for whom earth had such delights the world so many enjoyments this man the marquis of holmesford was about to succumb to the power of the angel of death oh what a mockery was it to behold when the window curtains were drawn back upon the marquis awaking from his uneasy slumber what a mockery was it to behold that truly imperial magnificence surrounding the couch whereon lay a thin weak haggard and attenuated old man in whose eyes was already seen that stony glare which marks the last looks of dissolving nature the nobleman awoke and turned round towards his physicians who watched at the bedside one of them rose and drew back the window curtains as noiselessly as possible and then the pure light of a lovely day streamed into the apartment the other medical attendant took the nobleman's hand felt his pulse and inquired in a low whisper how his lordship felt now just the same or maybe a little worse answered the marquis in a hollow but feeble tone and yet it is impossible that i should be in any real danger oh no i was only taken ill last night and men do not do not die he added pronouncing the fatal word with an almost painful effort upon so slight a warning your lordship is very far from well very far from well said the physician emphatically and it is my duty to assure you of that fact but you you do not think doctor stammered the marquis that i am in any 
any real real danger and as he spoke his glassy eyes were for a few moments lighted up with the evanescent fire of intense excitement the agitation of a suspense ineffably painful my lord answered the physician in a solemn tone if you have any affairs of a worldly nature to settle no no it can't be you are deceiving me almost shrieked the old nobleman starting up wildly to a sitting posture do you mean to offend to insult me when i am a little indisposed for i am convinced that this is only a trifling indisposition a passing illness my dear marquis said the second physician advancing towards the bed my colleague performs but his duty painful though it be when he assures you oh yes i understand you again interrupted the nobleman catching at a straw you do right to prepare me for the worst but mine is not an extreme case is it oh no i am certain it cannot be you are both clever men well versed in all the mysteries of your profession and you can soon restore me to health there i will give you each a cheque for five thousand pounds the day that you tell me that i may get up again and once more did he contemplate them with eager anxious glances expressive alike of feverish hope and tremendous terror speak speak he cried answer me five thousand pounds for each of you the day that i leave this bed were your lordship to offer us all your fortune answered the elder physician he who had first spoken we could not do more for you than we are now doing and if you excite yourself thus excite myself indeed ejaculated the marquis attempting a laugh which however rather resembled a death-rattle that seemed to shake his crazy old frame even to the very vital foundations is it not enough to make me excited when you are so foolish as to joke with me about my being in danger although you know that i must recover soon don't you know that doctor tell me dear doctor shall i not be well in a few days or at all events in a few weeks come reassure me say that you only spoke in jest danger indeed why doctor i possess a constitution of iron and thus speaking the marquis fell back upon his pillow in a state of extreme exhaustion the younger physician forced him to swallow some medicine and for a few minutes he lay panting and moaning as if the cords of existence were snapping rapidly one after the other at length he turned again towards his medical attendants well i do believe that i am rather worse than i just now fancied myself to be he said in a very faint and feeble tone but still i am sure of getting better soon that medicine has already done me good three or four bottles of it and i shall be quite well ah my dear friends you are profoundly skilled in all the secrets of the human frame and with two such physicians as you it would be impossible to to die so soon pray my lord do not excite yourself observed the elder medical attendant repose and rest often prove more efficacious than drugs and potions well well i will be quiet i will tranquillize myself said the marquis but you must not frighten me any more you must not talk to me about settling my worldly affairs just as if i were indeed about to die he added with a ghastly attempt to smile away that expression of profound terror which he felt to be imprinted on his countenance no no it is too ridiculous to put such ideas into one's head why how old do you take me to be doctor 
"'My lord, you afflict me greatly by this style of discourse,' said the elder physician, who was thus appealed to. "'Most solemnly do I adjure your lordship to compose your mind to that state in which every Christian should be prepared for the worst.' "'Doctor, doctor, you cannot be serious!' again half-shrieked the affrighted nobleman. "'What, am I indeed so very ill?' no no consider the strength of my constitution remember how able i am to procure by my wealth every means that may conduce to my recovery think of what you yourself can do for me my lord said the physician solemnly we will exert all human efforts to save you but the result is with god the marquis uttered a hollow groan and closing his eyes appeared to be suddenly wrapped in profound meditation the scene which we have just described was a most painful one even to those two physicians whose experience in such matters was so extensive there was something peculiarly horrible in that old man of shattered health and exhausted vigour boasting of the strength of a constitution ruined by a long career of debauchery boasting too even against his own internal convictions but like all men who fear to die the marquis would not admit in words what his soul had acknowledged to itself he seemed to feel as if there were a possibility of staving off the approach of death merely by reiterating a disbelief that the destroyer was advancing at all thus though his mind was filled with the most appalling apprehensions he nevertheless clung he knew not how nor wherefore to a hope that his physicians might be deceived that they had exaggerated his danger that their skill was potent enough to wrestle with the dissolution of nature in a word that it was quite possible for him to recover and if he feared to die it was not precisely because he dreaded the idea of being suddenly plunged into eternity for he had been a sceptic all his life and was by no means convinced that there was any future state at all but his mind shrank from the thought of death as from a revolting spectacle and moreover the world had so many charms such boundless attractions for him that he could not endure the prospect of being called away from those delicious scenes for ever he remained for nearly a quarter of an hour buried in the most profound meditation my worthy friends he at length said opening his glassy eyes once more and turning towards his physicians i am now prepared to hear without excitement anything you may deem it advisable or proper to communicate in one word is my state really one of great peril your lordship now speaks as becomes a man of strong mind answered the elder physician and in this altered mood you will receive with due tranquillity the sad announcement which i am bound to make and that announcement said the marquis hastily is that your lordship's recovery is in the hands of heaven replied the physician solemnly for no human agency can enable you to quit that bed in health again and this is your serious conviction said the marquis grasping the bedclothes tightly with both his hands as if to restrain an explosion of his agonizing feelings my duty towards your lordship compels me to answer in the affirmative returned the physician a pause of some minutes ensued the marquis could not trust himself to speak silence was for a time the only safeguard against a relapse into whose wildly expressed doubts adjurations and frantic wanderings which had ere now 
denoted the real condition of his mind it is then decided and i must prepare for death he at length said in a low and measured tone with a candour equal to that which you have already shown doctor tell me how long i may hope yet to live do not press me my lord on that head nay now you are yourself adopting the very means to excite me interrupted the marquis angrily i am nerved to hear the worst but i wish that the worst may be communicated to me speak doctor speak fearlessly and say how long i may expect yet to live the two physicians consulted each other with a rapid interchange of glances and both thereby intimating an affirmative the elder one said your lordship might probably survive four-and-twenty hours four-and-twenty hours repeated the marquis the bed actually shaking with the cold shudder that passed through his frame at this appalling announcement four-and-twenty hours he said a second time that is a very short reprieve indeed has your skill no means doctor of prolonging my existence for a few days for a few hours even longer than the amount which you have named there is no hope of accomplishing such a result my lord was the reply no hope murmured the marquis then after another short pause he said in a tone which it cost him a dreadful effort to render firm have the kindness to direct that my solicitor may be sent for without delay this desire was immediately complied with and as the lawyer lived in the neighbourhood scarcely half an hour elapsed ere he was ushered into the presence of the marquis the physicians were desired to remain in the room and the solicitor seating himself by the nobleman's directions at the table near the bed prepared his writing materials the marquis of holmesford then gave instructions relative to the disposal of his property and the lawyer drew up the will in due form having detailed various bequests and legacies and disposed of the great bulk of his fortune the marquis who spoke in a firm and distinct tone of voice addressed the lawyer in the following manner and now sir have the kindness to insert the words which i am about to dictate to you also i will and bequeath to catherine bezzano half-sister of his highness richard prince of montoni the sum of fifty thousand pounds as a proof of the sincere contrition and deep regret which i experience on account of certain proceedings on my part whereby the mother of the said catherine bezzano endured grievous wrong and great affliction although perfectly innocent of any evil thought or deed in respect to her husband the deceased father of the above-mentioned richard prince of montoni have you written to my dictation i have followed your lordship as accurately as the introduction of a few necessary legal technicalities into that last clause would permit was the solicitor's reply then naught now remains for me but to sign the will said the marquis and he sat up in the bed apparently with but little exertion he affixed his name with a firm hand to the document and requested the physicians to witness it the ceremony was then completed and the solicitor took his departure so soon as he had left the room the marquis addressed himself to the physicians in these terms my good friends the ordeal which i most dreaded has been accomplished and i feel as if a considerable weight were taken off my mind what i now require is that you give me some powerful medicament or a strong cordial 
that will endow me with sufficient energy to rise from this bed and proceed alone and unattended to another room in the house a room which i must visit or i should not die in peace and as a reward for this last service i desire you to divide equally between you the amount which you will find in yonder writing-desk the sum consists of a few thousands and will i hope amply repay the kindness which i now expect at your hands while i thank your lordship for this instance of your bounty towards me and my colleague said the elder physician i am convinced that i express his feelings as well as my own in stating that we cannot possibly allow you to quit your couch the excitement might prove almost immediately fatal I have no time to waste in hearing or answering objections said the marquis his glazing eyes lighting up with the fever of impatience and a hectic flush appearing on his sallow sunken withered cheeks do what i request or leave me this moment give me such a cordial as you may think suitable to the purpose or my valet will supply me with a bumper of champagne my dear marquis my lord my lord in one word do as i desire or leave me exclaimed the nobleman cutting short the ejaculations of the two physicians by an imperious wave of his skeleton-like hand there shall be no other master save myself in this house until the breath be out of my body the physicians essayed farther remonstrances but in vain the marquis grew fearfully irritated with their opposition and then fell back so exhausted upon his pillow that the medical attendants were compelled to administer as a restorative the cordial which he had demanded as an artificial stimulant a few minutes previously the effect of the cordial was really surprising that old man whom its influence had just snatched but snatched only for a time from the outstretched arms of death sat up in his bed smiled and seemed to bid defiance to the destroying angel you must humour me now my friends he said in a jocose manner which contrasted awfully with the inevitable peril of his condition go to the writing-desk in yonder corner and let me be assured you have possessed yourself of that token of my good feeling which i bequeath to you the physicians rather to please their obstinate patient than to gratify any avaricious longing on their part did as they were desired but scarcely had they opened the desk when they observed a bundle of bank-notes when a low chuckle met their ears they turned and beheld the marquis clad in a long dressing-gown and with slippers on his feet hurrying out of the room by a small door near the foot of his bed to hasten after him was their first and most natural impulse but the key was turned on the other side ere they even reached the door without losing a moment they hastened from the room by a door at the opposite extremity but in the adjoining passage they were met by the nobleman's principal valet gentlemen said the domestic his lordship desires me to inform you that he has no further need of your services but my good fellow exclaimed the younger physician your master is dying he cannot live another day and this excitement this rash proceeding is sheer madness added the senior medical attendant whither has your master gone the valet whispered a few words to the physicians they understood him full well and exchanged looks of mingled disgust and horror the unnatural excitement of this proceeding at length observed the elder physician will kill the marquis within an hour 
End of section 115.